This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. America, quite a show lined up for you today. We have uh, uh, we have Samantha B joining us uh, in next hour. We have one of our guys in Iraq right now to tell you an absolutely amazing story. And you remember how Democrats thought the a constitutional convention was crazy talk. Do you remember how leaving? Uh, the United States was crazy talk and how us being afraid that our country was being lost was also lost to who? Well, now, because they are afraid America is going to be a lost, they're talking about secession and the constitutional way to do that is to have a constitutional convention. But, ooh, what's that? Yeah, I don't hear anything from the press about that either on hypocrisy. We'll get to that after we go to Iraq right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. sent uh, our chief researcher, Jason uh, Batrill, over to Iraq. We haven't been able to kill this guy yet. Uh, this is his second tour of duty for us, and I don't even know how many tour of duties he has done in the past for the uh, military, but he was in military intelligence uh, and uh, is now one of our chief researchers um, and been a very big help on things like Benghazi, etc., etc., um, he is over in a very, very dangerous section uh, of the world right now where uh, military action is actually hot. Um, and he is searching for a story for us uh, that I think uh, is multifaceted, but a story that none of us have ever heard. And we broke a bit of it yesterday on uh, F- Facebook Live and Jason is back now. It is, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon over there, Jason? It's 6 o'clock, actually. But oh, it's it feels about like 4 in the morning. Okay. Um, Jason, you did. Have, can you say where you are today and what you've done already? Yeah, so yesterday when you and I spoke, I, uh, I was actually not big on the operational security. I, I, I felt completely safe, and um, it was business as usual. I'm walking around. Well, today as I've started to talk to some Peshmerga generals and a few other people, I'm kind of doubting that. So apparently when the Mosul op uh, was rumored to go down and when it actually went down, 
ISIS activated many sleeper cells all over northern Iraq, all through Kurdistan. Um, there was a bombing just down the street from where I am at currently, um, which was kind of unheard of before any of this went down for, um, in Erbil, um, which is generally considered very safe. Um, and my camera crew that I had hired out here said that ISIS has specifically targeted media. And they've gotten so many people that are embedded within these cities that, and again, this is considered a safe place. I can take very much, a lot of pride in weeding out and trying to make sure that these jihadists don't get up here. But there's so many of them that they're releasing uh, addresses to where the media people live, cameramen, producers, everything. And um, they're threatening them by calling them, sending them texts, and then sending, sending them messages over Facebook, Twitter. Um, it's a very dangerous place now, so um, I'm kind of taking this a little bit more seriously as far as not going are out you, at night and uh, uh, being careful. Um, are you? It's funny because l- l- yesterday we were talking about, because I was just there um, a year ago, and it was a very dangerous place. Um, and yesterday yeah. you were telling me that some tourists or some Iraqis invited you to a pajama party. You said it was like being in New York City. It was completely different. Um, but now yeah. you sense uh, the danger. Are, has our camera crew left us, or are they still going to go through with it? Oh, no, they're still going through with it. I have I found one of the most amazing uh, men that I've met in my entire life. Um, he now considers me family. I consider him family. Um, he is a Muslim man that I, I hope to maybe, and I, I think I'm going to do something with a special on him just to introduce the audience to him because it's, it's very hard to understand how, how people in Northern Iraq Kurds in general, how they view religion. Um, but he's a very uh, kind soul and yeah, he would, he would follow me to, to the end and back. So yeah, he's staying with me and um, we're going to get him some pretty heavy stuff starting tomorrow. Okay. Um, don't give me any more information um, other than can you can you talk about uh, the, what we discussed yesterday about the Shia and the Sunnis and the Christians without yes. giving locations? So yes, um, so I won't say where, but um, in one of these spots where um, ISIS has done its worst work um, here in Iraq, um, where they oppress the people the most, I, uh, we were going to this area and we were setting up, um, getting permissions with the army and etc. to try and get um, to try and get over there and set up logistics. And um, I was like, you know what, it's great. And you know, I, I want to speak to the government officials and the army generals and all that stuff when I get there. But like, I don't want to concentrate on that because that's what everyone does. I said, let's go to people and actually talk to the people and, and get their personal stories. And uh, he goes, yeah, that's great. And he just kind of made a joke about, you know, it's easy because they all have, um, every single one of their doors has a label on them. And I go, what do you mean every single door has a label on them? I was like, you mean like the Nazarene symbol that, you know, we talked about? And he goes, yeah, well, that's, that's part of the story. And I go, well, that's part of it? And he goes, yeah, well, ISIS. And when you hear this, just think about what the Nazis did, you know, back in World War II. How, I, I mean, I remember, I think I heard this first from you when the Nazis not only, you know, put, you know, stars on Jews, but they also labeled Christian. They labeled, you know, homosexual. They, they put labels on everyone. ISIS is doing the exact same thing. I'd never heard this before. But they're not only um, labeling Christians. They're putting symbols on Shiite uh, houses. They're putting symbols on Sufi um, houses. They're putting symbols on uh, Sunni Muslims that aren't as hardcore as they are, that don't believe in Sharia law. There is a symbol for every single one of these people that don't toe their line. Um, 
Can you can you make sure you get pictures? Can you make sure you get pictures of all those symbols for us? Absolutely. Absolutely. So so what's happening to the people? So what, what, what this is doing to the people is it has galvanized them and has brought them together like never before. All of a sudden, they're like, wait a minute. You know, we have a common, you know, we're, we're, we're unlikely allies. We never saw each other as allies before, but we now see something, something that has, um, a, something, we have now have something in common, something that we didn't have in common, and that is facing evil and helping each other out so that we can combat that evil, so that we can, you know, um, find a way through this together. Now, think about where we're talking about here. This is the Middle East where sectarian divisions are very easily stoked. I mean, you barely have to do anything, and you can turn one sectarian group against the other. Now, all of these groups have been at each other's throats for the longest of times, but now they're all working together. You have Shiites that are protecting Sunnis and helping them while you know, providing security while they open up their shops so they can provide you know, um, money for their families. You have the same groups. Sunni Shiite and all the others that are protecting Christians so that they can open up their shops and they can provide money for their families. This is unprecedented for this part of the world. Completely unprecedented. Jason, how um, how much danger are those people in and are they fighting back against ISIS? Oh, they're... I, yeah, I can't overstate that they're in grave danger at this moment. Some of the areas are starting to be liberated. Um, it's a slow process, but many of these areas, um, they're actually uh, they're actually bringing the civilians from the liberated areas. ISIS is doing this and pulling them in, pulling them back as they retreat. They're doing that to um, to cover themselves. So, so they're, they're providing they're making themselves human shields. Now, from what I've been told, that's not really stopping them. They're yes, they're they're pulling back. Otherwise, they'll be killed if not. But they're still banding together and still trying to protect each other. And they're going, when, you know, basically block by block, street by street, as they go back and basically, you know, as they're being these human shields. When you say that um, these areas are the worst of the worst, are these the areas where heads were on pikes? This is exactly that area. Yes. Uh, make sure you get some interviews with some families and some people that can tell us what it's like to walk down the street and see heads on pikes and what that did to the children and what that did to the families. And, and you know, God forbid yeah. you saw somebody you knew with your head on the pike. Yeah, those are the people that, those are the, the first people that we're going to. Well, I, well, you first have, when you go into these situations, you always have to go kind of pay homage um, to the uh, local military commander. But I'm not going to spend hardly any time doing that at all. We're going straight to the families. Uh, I want everyone to see firsthand what it was like to personally go through this experience. What was it like when they first came in and started subjugating you? What, what was it like when they started separating you guys off and labeling you, branding you? Um, under these different um, under the, under these different tags, you know, when did you guys first decide? Look, we have to come together. You know, I, I know that you know you go to that church and I go to this mosque. We've never protected each other and looked after each other, and you know, ever. But now I kind of see where we're wrong. What was it like when you first thought of that? I mean, it, it, it's going to be an amazing, amazing story. I can't wait to tell it. We tell one more story um, without giving any details. Um, um, we know that ISIS dug tunnels under all of these areas. 
And when we were thinking, because in one area, Jason has to go through some of these old ISIS tunnels, and he's going to film the whole thing and bring it back. But um, he has to go through these tunnels uh, to get to certain areas. We found out yesterday they're not tunnels like we think of in Hogan's Heroes. You want to explain the tunnels that ISIS has built? Yeah, you think about, I was thinking the same thing. When you think about tunnels, I was thinking about like old Vietnam War movies, you know, where they're low crawling into these things and you have to duck to get through them. Through them. No, when I was talking to the, the man that was fixing this up for me, he said, um, he was, you know, we have to, to get to the spot that we're going to end up going to in the city. Um, we're going to have to drive through this tunnel. And I go, well, did you just say drive through the tunnel? And he goes, yeah, drive through the tunnel. And I was like, how big is this tunnel? And he goes, well, just so you, you know, to, to get you know, a picture, the picture of this in your mind, ISIS, when they were moving armored troop carriers and tanks and, and all those types of vehicles, they weren't doing it on top of land because if they drove them over the land, they found out that the coalition would instantly take them out. So they had to figure out a way to big and support, give a support structure to combat vehicles, trucks, cars, everything. So there's basically an underground highway, if you want to call it like that, for ISIS that kind of branches out all over Syria and Iraq. And a lot of these tunnels, actually, some of them actually existed before during the Iran-Iraq war that the uh, Ba'athist regime, uh, Saddam's Ba'athist regime, uh, dug. So many of these and, and many of ISIS commanders, they, they also fought for, they were in the uh, Iraqi army before. They knew exactly where these were. They, they, they used some of the uh, same ones, they perfected them, and they dug their own. But, I mean, it, it's kind of, it, 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 it's really nerve-wracking when you think about it because a lot of the times when um, the army now is getting ambushed, it'll come out of nowhere. They, they, only, they didn't even knew, know where some of these tunnels, you know, where they lead to or where they, where they end up at. But all of a sudden they'll have tanks, vehicles, and troops coming from some random direction and, oh, they, you know, they missed another tunnel. But one of these tunnels has been liberated and we're actually going to take that tunnel. We're going to drive through that tunnel and then pop up in a certain area that um, I can tell you guys about in a couple of days from now. Um, okay. And that's where we're going to up with special forces. Jason, thank you very much as you head towards the U.S. Special Forces. Um, please stay safe. Wish them the best for us. Tell them that uh, we pray for them as families uh, all across America every single night. And we ask for God's protection on them and on you. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, Glenn. We'll do. You bet. You'll be able to follow this story at glennbeck.com. You'll be able to see um, I'm checking in with him on Facebook Live uh, during the day when he has updates. Um, And then we'll produce a story that you will be able to see when he gets back. But some pretty amazing things. And um, the reason why it was important to go over there is, uh, A... The people that we have moved to safety, some of them are moving back now. And they're moving back because they have hope that they can fight for their own home and actually come together and transform um, Iraq. This is a, a very big deal. If the Sunnis and the Shias and the Christians in Iraq can start to come together... I can't imagine why we can't. Their their culture says they have nothing in common. In fact, in some of their cultures, you are literally nothing 
and an enemy. Um, we don't have that in our culture. They do. And they have found they need each other. I hope we find that uh, soon as well. Our sponsor this half hour is LifeLock. During the holiday season, people show appreciation to friends and family and those who serve our country. Unfortunately, veterans are prime targets for fraud. Since vets receive guaranteed retirement and disability incomes, identity thieves create scams offering to uh, fake benefit buyouts in exchange for pension programs. So you give me your pension and I will give you a buyout on that. It's a, it's lo- it's, it's a lie. It's fraud. That's why we have LifeLock. If somebody comes in and steals from you, the worst thing they can steal is your identity. If you're a LifeLock.com member, being a victim of identity theft uh, means that you're going to have a U.S.-based team that is going to work to resolve your case. Free credit monitoring only detects credit problems. LifeLock detects and then helps fix those identity problems. No one can prevent all identity theft or you know monitor all transactions at um, every business, but LifeLock is the best in the business. They will relentlessly protect your identity at 1-800-440-4936. You can save right now 15% by using the promo code BEC15 at LifeLock.com or 1-800-440-4936. This offer ends December 31st. 1-800-440-4936. Promo code BEC15. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Welcome back to the uh, program. Uh, Samantha B is going to be with us here in about uh, uh, 35 minutes. I'm, I'm right now. I'm having her rinse her mouth out because mm. I don't know where that mouth has been. That potty mouth of hers. Shameful. Shameful. Yeah, no one believes you. You sit next to Jeffy every day. <laughs> terrible language. Well, I make Jeffy wash his mouth out with soap every time too. Um, but um, uh, she's going to be um, she's going to be here, um, and I'm hopeful that this is going to be an interesting and uh, um, beneficial conversation for all of us on all sides as we talk about people coming together. You know. Time Magazine just named, and this is one of the things I want to talk to her about, just named um, 
Donald Trump person of the year. What? Yeah, I know. But they had to make a point, and they said he's person of the year as president of the divided states of America. Oh, my gosh. Okay? What did Newsweek magazine... We are divided. But we were divided eight years ago as well. Not as bad as we are now, but we were divided. Not everybody embraced. But what did Newsweek put on the cover? We're all socialists now. The self-awareness of the left that just because they live in this New York media bubble, that they think everybody is like this, everybody feels this way, that's part of the problem. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody was a socialist when Barack Obama, there were millions of us that were like, what? No, that's our problem. We feel we're losing our country to socialism. And then, instead of saying, well, now wait a minute, Instead of saying, okay, yes, we called and said everybody's a socialist now, and so we all know, wink, wink, nod, nod, that he's socialist and it's okay to be a socialist, it's not a dirty word, then they tried to make that into a dirty word and began to divide. How can we heal this if the right and the left don't recognize their roles in where we are? And we don't stop jamming our point of view down everybody's throat. Back in a minute. The Glenn Beck Program. accurate it is it is not um peace on earth goodwill to men it is peace on earth to men of goodwill why are we still playing it i know um peace on earth to men of goodwill and we're in a place right now to where we have to decide whether we are going to be men of goodwill what does it even mean to be men of goodwill are we going to be men of goodwill? Because that's the only way we can find peace on earth. And that's going to mean that we're going to have to risk and we're going to have to decide one thing. Our whole society is set up now to do well. What, are you, what do people ask? What are you going to do when you grow up? How are you going to make money at that? Not who do you want to be. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be is different. I want to be a man of goodwill. We don't concentrate on that. We just assume, many of us, I did for most of my life, that my kids will just get to be good people through osmosis. No. 
because they're not swimming in a sea of goodwill. They're swimming, especially now, in a sea of ill will. And we are, you know, the pendulum, um, you know, would teach. And by the way, part two of the pendulum is on tonight at five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. The pendulum would teach us that we're swinging into a dangerous section, into the we section, where it's all about who your enemy is. The last time, the generationally speaking, we were in this time was in the 1930s and 40s. And we see what happened. Everybody was categorized into enemies. And that's what connects well to what we talked about yesterday with social media and and just finding that that boogeyman that you're going to attack. Right. um, And to make you feel good. You're defined by who you hate. Correct. And that's what a we generation does is defines people of who you hate, not bringing together. It's my troop against this troop. That's deadly. It is proven time and time again through the history of mankind, these cycles, that that is always deadly. So we have to find ways to be men and women of, of goodwill. We have Samantha B. on with us uh, next hour. I, I've only talked to her for maybe 20 minutes. Um, I, turned, I turned down um, an appearance on her show, I don't know, a couple months ago. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't been watching her show. I watch very little television. I hadn't been watching her show. And what I did see was, you know, uh, rough language that I don't think my audience is going to connect with. And also, I mean, it's a, it's a harsh, uh, you know, liberal comedy show. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it's better, but it's, it's Bill Maher. You know, it's a, it's a harsh comedy show uh for the for the left and um she called back after the election and she um invited uh me back on and i said well i i I can't take the time to get away and she said we'll send our whole crew and i'll come down myself and somebody on my staff had a conversation with her that was really heartfelt Yesterday, her crew came in, and they were very nice, but it didn't exactly fill me with confidence that this was going to be a, a, a comfortable um, or something that I would want to be involved in. And she was in the air, and so when she landed, um, I called her last night and said, hey, I don't, I don't want to be a part of a hatchet job on you or on me. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And we had about a 20, 25-minute conversation, and I really like her. I really think she is struggling Right now, I think the election um, has shaken her and a lot of people. And she doesn't she she's an entertainer. She's a comedy person. She's done what she's always done. And now she knows I still have to do comedy, but I'm not sure if this is good or not. I don't I'm not sure if this is going to help because we're so divided. How do I do my job? I don't know. Because that's the thing, same thing we've been saying for a while. I, I, I don't know. How do we do this without causing more problems? I don't know. But if we can find honest people who are actually struggling with that, we will make it. We will make it. But it's principles. We don't teach this anymore. Today is the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And before we leave, remind me, Stu, or Pat, we have to find the, the song 
It's not Remember Pearl Harbor. Maybe it is Remember Pearl Harbor. There's a couple of songs out there. One of them is so politically incorrect. It's it's outrageous. I think it is that Remember. Yeah. Uh, there's another one like that. Um, um, that's not quite so politically outrageous. But they both came out in the 1940s and right after Pearl Harbor. And one of them was like, you know, we're going to sock that Jap in the eye until we, till we, you know, basically slaughter every one of them. Um, and that's the America that we have been painted as. And it's really easy to paint an enemy and say we got to kill all of them. But that's not who we really are. Today, as we look at Pearl Harbor, this, uh, I think it's this flag. This flag, this is from the vault. This flag was taken, I think so, I think it's this one, or see this one or this one. Um, this flag was taken from the island when we took the, I don't remember what island it was, but the island where we had to land the nuclear bombs. And they had an airstrip on that island, and we couldn't have bombed uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki without stopping for fuel and loading the bomb there because it was so heavy. We actually had to take the runway and dig a giant pit in the center and drop those bombs down into a pit because we couldn't get them underneath the plane. You'd have to jack the whole plane up to wheel it in and then, and then you know, put it in. I mean, it, it's, it's quite a big deal. Before we went and bombed Pearl Harbor, the reason why we bombed Pearl Harbor, um, uh, Truman said he felt as though the sun, the moon, and the stars were cast on his shoulders. Imagine the weight of taking the presidency in World War II and having to decide whether to drop the atomic bomb. We are taught now in school that America is evil and we are not people of goodwill, etc., etc. But I want to show the evidence that that is not who we are. I cannot, unfortunately, um, read these. Um, but this one, yes, here, this one has translation. Here you see a picture that we, we put, I think, 7 million of these pamphlets. I've never seen these before. I've never read about these before. 7 million of these pamphlets, and we have several of them, uh, all different. Remember when we first heard that we did that? We didn't. No one knew that we did that. No one knows. On this, on this show. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was like, what? Yeah, I know. And we have the evidence now in the vault. And next year, I'm going to start raising money to build Independence USA, the museum. Um, but because these things have to be taught. Here is a picture of a Japanese family. And you'll see they've got all their bags and they're looking behind them and they're leaving. And they're leaving an industrial area. Here is a map of the American forces coming in and bombing these industrial areas. This one says men, women and children uh, leave the industrial regions because they are going to be bombed. Um, the allies do n are not interested in bombing you and the people. We have another one that specifically says we have a bomb 
that will be more than all of the bombs dropped in World War uh, II combined in one bomb. So we're telling them, not that we have the nuclear bomb, but we have a weapon beyond description, and we're going to drop it on one of these 22 industrial cities. If you are in, and Nagasaki and Hiroshima are in that list, if you are in one of those cities, you must leave now because we have no intention of killing people and your families. Please get out now. It goes on to say, you should bring with you food and water because it will be hard to come by. Now, why aren't we ever taught that? (laughs) don't know we're not taught that because of political agendas it is clear the evidence is there you just have to look for it you have to know that it's there because now it's so forgotten well we did the same thing i mean we've always done this kind of stuff we we did the same thing in afghanistan uh, may we i bombs and we drop food may i suggest to you that when i told this story to some guys who were j- like just off their tour of duty We're still doing this. Mm -hmm. We're still dropping pamphlets and saying we're going to bomb here. Yeah. So if you want peace, real peace, how come this peace with the Japanese who were taught to hate us? They were taught to hate us when the emperor actually um, said, no, I'm, I, or he said, yes, I'm, I, I will sign your peace treaty. Do you know why we, um, um, why we, we still bombed them up to the signing of the peace treaty? We still launched planes to bomb, but we, we were, and we were bombing people up until that ink was dry, then we called it off. Do you know why? Because the emperor said to us, we're not sure that the people will stop fighting. Why? This is one of the imperial swords. And I don't know if I can get this one out. This is one of the imperial swords from Japan uh, used in World War II. This sword uh, is just like many that were used to hold contests of prisoners. They would take two people and line up a hundred people on the chopping block and two soldiers with a sword like this. The one who could chop the most heads off in two minutes would win. They had contests of throw the babies up And the one who can catch the most babies onto their sword wins. They had a project that was worse, think of this, than what Mangala was doing. And we don't know about it. And so when the emperor said, we're not sure they'll quit, it's because the emperor had said, if you think we're bad... The Americans will do worse to their captive populations. We dropped these things. They didn't believe us because of the propaganda that they had gotten. They couldn't believe that we were good people.
we went there and we proved to them without any kind of uh, desire for retribution or to win. We wanted to reconcile. And because we proved that we are not those people, they reconciled with us. And Japan is still one of our greatest friends and allies. December 7th, we had to stand on what was true in 1941. But I believe it was in August of 45 that we could show the Japanese people this is what's true. And there will be peace on earth for men of goodwill. Today on December 7th, let's commit ourselves to being people of goodwill. Our sponsor this half hour is Casper Mattress. The mattress that makes my wife fall asleep the minute she gets into bed, even if she just lays down on the bed with her clothes on and then I get yelled at. That's not necessarily a good selling point. What? The mattress that, you know, lets women lay down with their clothes on. I would like another mattress. <laughs> so you like a, a bed that your your wife does not fall asleep with her clothes on? Correct. Yes. And I think you probably do for a different reason than <laughs> I do, because... I get up and then I turn off her light and I take off the glasses and, and, and she yells at me, leave me alone, I just want to sleep. Ooh. Of course, that's probably what your wife says even though she's naked. Anyway, Time Magazine says it's one of the best inventions of 2015. Your Casper mattress ships for free. It, my wife will fall asleep with her shoes on when she gets in and just lays on top of the bed because it is so comfortable. Best night's sleep you will have. Try it yourself for 100 nights. You don't like it, refund Every single penny. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. Use the promo code Beck at 50 bucks off. It is Casper.com. Promo code Beck. Casper.com. I have decided I will stand for you and I will. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. Welcome to the program. We don't need you singing, Jeffy. We don't need. We don't need to see you eating. We don't need to uh, picture you in anything scantily uh, buttoned or clad, and we don't need to hear you singing. You can, was just, you can do whatever it is you are supposed. What I pay you to do, which I don't even know what that is. You can do that, but nothing more. Please. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.